You're listening to an encore presentation of Faith and Family. Welcome to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. We have uh, a number of conversations ahead of us on faithful stewardship in the family. Today we're going to look at stewardship and and family finances in marriage and uh, raising children to be faithful stewards as well. Hope you can stick around for the conversation. Thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting this program. You can find out more about them on our website, KFUO. Look for the sponsor section. There you'll find the CUW logo. Click on that. That'll take you to their page. KFUO.org. Look for the CUW logo. Joining me in studio today, Mark Borchard, Director of Retirement Products and Services, Concordia Plan Services, here to help us uh, take a look at families, finances, and marriage, handling money in marriage. Mark, welcome back to Faith and Family. Well, thank you. Good morning. Good to have you in studio today and uh, working on my retirement plan, too. Can we work that out while we're here? Absolutely. All right. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, tell me a little bit about your work with Concordia Plan Services. With uh, You work in in retirement products and and services. What all does that entail? (laughs) I know it's a lot. <laughs> right. Well, uh, we'll try to keep it simple. Uh, primarily work with the design of our retirement plans and seeing how um, they work for the the people who are going to receive those benefits, mm-hmm. uh, as well as working with, you know, the rest of the people at Concordia Plans to, to develop ways to better engage people uh, in, in terms of thinking about retirement for a you know, many people, it's a long ways off until they reach about 50, and then all of a sudden it's time to start <laughs> thinking about it. Well, uh, I should have started thinking a long time ago. Um, at any rate, so... If you wait so till you're 50 to start thinking about it, it might not come out... The the, <laughs> the results might not be the results you were hoping for. Yeah, right. That That's absolutely true. Um, winning the lottery is not retirement planning. <laughs> <laughs> But that's good advice. Yeah, there you go. I'll I'll put the bill in the mail. <laughs> we, you talk about money and finances and in uh, and, and retirement all the time. So you're probably very comfortable talking about it. Why are we in general, especially as as Americans and and maybe as as husbands and wives, often uncomfortable, uh, especially as families, talking about money? Why do you think we are? We put it off. We don't think about it. We don't think about retirement. We don't talk about it with our spouses. Maybe a little bit early on before we get married. Right. I don't know. So really, fundamentally, at our core, we're prideful people. <laughs> um, and and so that is what leads us to be uncomfortable talking about money because most of the time we view our possessions as ours. Mm. It's mine. That's the pastor in you talking, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I think that that mm. really is what it comes down to sure. is because we we don't view money and and that sort of a thing in its proper context. Uh, and so when we view it as mine and we view what we spend that money on as, you know, I fear that if I talk about it, I will have to give up you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I will have to give up, you know, 
uh, freely spending on, you know, the fun thing that I do, freely spending on the things that make my house look better or or whatever it is. Uh, there is that fear that we're going to have to give up that thing that we are holding on mm-hmm. to, that, that's what we're spending that money on. Um, and uh, truth is, right, you might have to give that up <laughs> at least temporarily or, or plan better for it. So what is this, what is this approach? Uh, if, if approaching it is that this is my money uh, is not a, a good approach, not a faithful biblical approach, what is a good way to approach family finances? Well, money? sure. So, so, you know, uh, very basically from the biblical approach, we recognize that all that we have is God's. And so we want to be you know, working with our mm-hmm. money and our possessions faithfully for his glory. Speaking specifically in context of marriage, we also have to recognize that whatever is there is ours. You know, there it's a combined thing. And when, when anybody is coming into that setting, thinking that something is mine, mm-hmm. uh, there's going to be problems. Really, I mean, you're just coming at the at it with uh, again that prideful attitude, um, and and so the approach really is going to have to be one of working at it together, joint approach. So if you if you come at it from uh, this is mine attitude, even when you know being joined in this estate of marriage. You're going to run into some bumps and some hurdles if you're always thinking of it as mine. Um, sure, because then you will yeah. will protect it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if there are challenges financially, um, you, you know, it can lead to even further. You know, the the very harmful approach of hiding. Uh, spending or you know hiding those sorts of things from your spouse and. And that's just completely damaging to a marriage because, I mean, there you've got a more fundamental problem, right? Um, that you're, you're, you're challenging the trust. You're breaking the trust that you have within that relationship. So when do we start talking and how do we talk <laughs> about uh, sure. finances? You know, what's your advice to that, that the couple that's, you know, engaged or, or planning for marriage? What do they talk about before marriage? Well, first of all, um, both need to be open and honest about where they're currently sitting mm-hmm. with regard to uh, particularly uh, student debt, credit card debt, you know, any of the consumer Isn't it debt. it just easier to say broke sorts of things? <laughs> when um, you're in your 20s or 30s. <laughs> sure, but, but you, you, you need to just be right. open. You don't, you don't want that to be found out. Uh, you know, a month into the marriage, um, that can can really kind of cause that mm-hmm. that first you know the honeymoon is over at that point easily, sure. um, because that's been hidden, and then all of a sudden now now it's found out, uh, and and it should have been shared long ago. So, so don't misrepresent. Exactly right. You, op- open and honest is really the only way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course that makes sense, right? This is basic fundamental kinds of things. Um, you know, for, uh, whether, it, you know, it's, it, it's ideal, of course, to have these discussions prior to being married. It should be a part of 
the marital counseling mm-hmm. process even. Sure. Uh, that you're talking about these kinds of things. Um, but but this also is a great opportunity for, you know, uh, those who are engaged, for couples already married. This conversation is one that can really help to um, strengthen the relationship, though, if 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 it is approached mm-hmm. and done. Because what, what happens at the beginning is you're going to look together at, you know, what are our goals? What do we want to try to accomplish? And it, it does start with the basic fundamentals of, of prayer and remembering where everything comes from. Um, because, you know, your... Uh, the dreaded term stewardship is is a a part of it, but it doesn't make me uncomfortable. <laughs> sure, uh. sure. Um, but but being able to sit down and talk about those goals that you may have mm-hmm. financially uh, is something that can really bring bring you together. Now, when we talk about goals, I think that's that's a good thing to set. What are what are some typical healthy goals? I mean, other than I want to make a lot of money. Right. You know, we want to have a really nice house or we want to have a nice car. The typical American dream type things. What are some, how do you set goals? Do they, how do you keep them realistic? So, uh, you know, your goals, everybody's situation obviously is different. So if you have a situation where there is an amount of debt, uh, consumer debt, student debt, whatever it is, your goals are going to start there uh, in terms of reducing that and eliminating it. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, right, uh, you know, the simple things, again, you'll want something set aside for emergencies. And and so that's the, the first thing you're going to go after. <clears throat> because, excuse me, you you don't want to go into debt when you have an emergency. Precisely. Right. So So you start there. Uh, you reduce other debt beyond that then though and and uh, you know I'm remiss in saying that that your first thing is is to give your first fruits right um I did give a sermon once, and the analogy I used for people was you don't sit down in the pew on Sunday morning at service, and when the offering plate comes out around, pull out your wallet, get out a five, and drop it in the plate. No, put the five back in your wallet and just keep it. But that day I want you to go home and I want you to work together and think about what you'll give on a weekly basis. Decide ahead of time. Mm -hmm. And that's what's first. That's the first fruits. um, And that that just set gets the mindset in the right place to start from so you're you're giving your first fruits should there should be a plan it should have more thought than just when you sit down in the pew there absolutely you should sit down and have a conversation and prayerful consideration as you develop this plan absolutely absolutely yeah gotcha. yeah thank you for adding those kinds of things um but but so in setting goals mm-hmm. right that should be at the top of your list uh and and then Beyond that, you know, we, we've got the emergency fund, we've got the debt out of the way, or at least planned for. Now we're going to start thinking about other kinds of things. Yes, retirement is something to think about. Um, and it's sometimes hard because it's not clear what retirement is going to be. <laughs> um, you know, I work closely with Ostolio Gomez. And, and the way that he puts it is, what you're doing is you're preparing so that you will have options. 
right? The person who doesn't prepare and just shows up at retirement, they're going to be, generally speaking, uh, without some sort of windfall, they're going to end up being locked in uh, to just dealing with the very basics uh, and, and locked in dealing with that. But if uh, there is good preparation for retirement, then you'll have options. You'll have options for when you retire. Um, maybe you're ready to do something else sooner than the normal retirement ages. Uh, and, and you'll have that option Have you prepared if you've prepared for it. Uh, the other part is it, it continues to allow you to be generous, right? Right. Um, if, if everything you have is going to have to be just for the very basic needs uh, while you're in retirement, you know, you still want to uh, consider and, and think about what you, you're giving first. But if you've prepared well, you'll, you'll have that much more to be generous uh, with your giving. So your plan, your goals should include those types of things as well, like how you hope to be generous in the future. What, what, in what ways um, might you want to? It doesn't mean you have to have a definite set plan of this is what I want to, you know, this is where I want to leave a legacy or this is what I want to give or this is what I want to donate in the future right. when I get to the retirement uh, age. But but to to have a plan that's flexible enough to accommodate those if if you still have those same goals when you get there. Well, correct. And and again, it's it's about having the options, right? Mm-hmm. So that when you reach that point and and you see an opportunity for something that um you would like to be a part of in in a financial way, you can do that and and feel comfortable um and you know, I mean this generally is going to be over and above your your regular offering. This is just, you, you see a, a need and an opportunity and mm-hmm. it's it, it really is something that ends up being fun to do. Um, and and so, uh, you, you know, having those kinds of options are what you're preparing for. But, you know, it's not just that, right? You, you're also developing the opportunity for if... If you're the type that likes to travel, you have those options. If you're the type that wants to have, uh, you know, a summer, lo- a winter location, a summer location. I-, I slipped up there because I spent some time in Florida with people who live full time in Florida and they took their summers elsewhere. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> sure. retired folks. Um, anyway, uh, so, so yeah, it, it's really mm-hmm. about options. So these are kind of the basic things, right? Um, emergency funding, getting rid of your debt. Uh, getting ready for retirement, but there are other goals as a couple that you very well may have that are that are somewhat short term. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, in the end, the whole key is having the conversation, sitting down and setting those things together. And and then once you've got them set down mm-hmm. together, you also have to put a plan in place mm-hmm. and agree to it. And part of that plan is a budget, right? Part of that plan would be a budget, of course. Um, again, another dreaded word, right? Budget. Nobody, yeah. nobody likes to. So, so because uh, that means no fun. Actually, the truth of the matter is, budget frees up a lot more uh, because then you know for certain that you've got X that you can spend frivolously, mm-hmm. you know, as a part of your budget, if if your finances allow that. 
you know, there are certain situations where simply um, what is needed from monthly bills perspective is going to take everything you have. I mean, that's the way that many people um, are. And and it may be that they've made certain kinds of choices that, that such that they have less income. And this isn't a bad thing, right? Uh, For example, it may be that one of the spouses is staying home to care for the children. And that means less income in a lot of Mm -hmm. situations. But in that choice, you know, they're they're making that choice for very good reasons often. Uh, And and so, Mm -hmm. anyway, the the point there is you've got to get the necessities in the budget first. Uh, others have made choices where they do have high debt levels that need to be taken care of. And so that might take a lot of the fun money <laughs> to while you're dealing with the debt. Um, but you'll be thankful that you did once you get past it because right. there is, is so much more relief mm-hmm. to be beyond those, those, that debt. And, and life is <laughs> quite honestly just fuller uh, having that behind you and out of the way. Absolutely. The once you establish your plan for uh, eliminating that debt, you stick with it. Um, it it may be challenging to stick with it, but if you can focus on what it's going to be like when that is paid off, when that debt is is uh, is gone, is eliminated, uh, what you will be able to do when that debt is eliminated can be that motivation to help you stay on track with your plan to eliminate that debt. Certainly. Certainly, um, that, that looking forward is, is, can be a moting, motivating factor for people. Uh, for some, it just may be too far off for, to, to help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, It seems like an insurmountable right, amount. Right, it seems yeah. insurmountable. Sure. Um, again, you know, there, there are, are ways of sort of giving yourself success steps uh, along the way and rewards. Um, sometimes, you know, I mean, people look to anything extra you have, you're, you're going to put towards one particular debt. You know, some will say put it towards your smallest because that gives you the most sense of satisfaction. You you eliminate that quickly and you get that sort of satisfaction and you take everything that you were putting towards that one and add it towards, you know, the next size debt. Uh, others might say, well, let's look at the interest rates and we're going to pay the highest interest rates ones first um, because, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're really losing a lot of money uh, paying 20 plus percent interest on a credit card. Um, and so... Here again, you're going to sit down together and you're going to talk about what your plan is. Um, we're not going to say that one is better than the other. Uh, um, and that, that brings up another point, right? When, when couples are discussing these kinds of things and, and maybe there have been some challenges with regard to spending too much or, or those kinds of things. If you come to the conversation with... This is probably true of any conversation. In, in, in if marriage. you come to the conversation, <laughs> yeah, right. If you come to the con- conversation where, in your mind, in your thinking, well, you know, my spending is worthwhile and valuable to the family and the household, but yours, <laughs> yours is just frivolous and needs to stop. You know, if, particularly if, the finger that you're pointing at me yes, right now. That's yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that, that, so, that's really key. That'll really get your point across. <laughs> right. Uh, coming to the conversation with that attitude, either person is is going to probably be a non-starter for a successful conversation. Um, it, it really is more 
important to to come with humility, mm-hmm. uh, to come recognizing your own personal weaknesses, um, and and really work to sort of understand where the other is coming from. Uh, it seems basic. Go ahead. How important is it to take into consideration when you're you're having you know family financial conversations, when you're planning a budget or setting goals? How important is it to take into consideration each party's family of origin and the the spending habits or financial habits that that you bring with you from your family of origin? So right. you know, I have my family. My wife has her family, and the the habits and and perspectives that we have on finances they're not too different but you know we may have some some just different habits that come from that that we bring with us into the marriage from our family of origin how important is it to consider that when you're writing a budget when you're you know setting goals planning for retirement those types of things sure so uh, um again with any conversation it's important to try to understand where the other is coming from but I think it, it also, it, it really does start with introspection. So as you individually approach the conversation, you have to understand your background and understand maybe some of the weaknesses that that are there from that background or strengths, right? It could be a situation where you had very good models uh, in your parents. And and so, you know, it's you understand that you're coming from that perspective and that that your spouse may not be. And so it may take time mm-hmm. uh, really to to sh- have stronger um, habits together. Um, but, but again, I think it's important to understand where you are coming from and, and acknowledge the weaknesses that you have and bring those to the table and, and maybe even lay them out, which then can help to open up your spouse doing the same mm-hmm. from his or her perspective. That might also be a good opportunity for confession and absolution too, really, as a family. If you're you're recognizing your weaknesses and failures in the past too, you know, that to to uh bring that to either to to pastor or or to one another um for some time of confession and prayer as well and and uh, to hear God's word of forgiveness. Well absolutely. And I'm sure that uh the topic of confession absolution within a family might be a, another full right. <laughs> day of uh, discussion for Absolutely. you. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. But to to be able to to start then to to, to clear the slate to start uh, these conversations with this humility, but also a clean slate as well. Doesn't right. mean you don't have that debt still to pay off or or whatever um, poor habits you might have had from before. But to start on a good footing as well. Well, absolutely, and uh, again. It's the the real key of, of this. Uh, we were maybe talking a little bit before the show. Problems with finances in a marriage are not the truth. Uh, the truth are not the the key. Mm-hmm. They're not the core. And getting to the core, which is going to be the ability to understand each other, the ability to sit down and listen to one another, the ability to talk and plan and focus together mm-hmm. as opposed to what I want, what I want. Um, you can't see what I did there, but... <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you right. were saying before the program was that, you know, problem with finances in, in, in a marriage really is a symptom. 
Right. It's not in and of itself the, the, the core problem. It's it's a symptom. But being able to communicate and uh, to to communicate effectively and clearly with one another and humbly and to forgive, too, that that really is is of essence here. It is. And, and, and so when you're approaching finances within marriage, that's the way that you want to approach it is in a together mm-hmm. way and not a me and my way. Um, and so, you know, we, you know, some people say, well, should we have separate accounts or joint accounts or those kinds of things? The truth of the matter is decide together and continue to decide those things together mm-hmm. as you move forward. If, if doing separate accounts is a way for you to agree, then do that. But the key is you've got to sit down and do it together and do it regularly. It can't be a one-time thing. Well, that is is certainly helpful. To uh, to the, the the key here is to make those decisions together, to make those those uh, choices and 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 planning and budget to do that together. But I like what you said earlier to come at this conversation with a sense of humility. Right. Uh, doesn't matter how great of a track record or how power, how poor of a track record we have uh, when we come at this uh, at these conversations with a sense of humility. We're able to uh, to really make some progress and, and develop a good plan as well. And that's true with any conversation you might have. <laughs> right. Well, that's true. It's good <laughs> advice for marriage. Mark, we are all out of time. Thank you so much for being my guest today, helping us uh, look at uh, some of these topics in, in families and, and being faithful stewards. Great. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. Mark Borchard, Director of Retirement Products and Services, Concordia Plant Services. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll talk about uh, helping kids be faithful stewards, too. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu.